thank you for joining me. I hope many aspects of your life are progressing. My name is Jason Elder, and today we are going to do a reaction to the Talia Conference, Tennessee Association of Law Enforcement Analysts. Great name for an association and a great conference. Had an opportunity to speak with some of the participants at this year's conference, which was in Nashville, Tennessee, Opryland Hotel. Here, take a listen. I'm here with Nick Nichols from the ATF. We're here at the Talia Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. First time here at the Gaylor Opry Hotel. Is that correct, Nick? That is correct. I, I think this is our first uh, middle Tennessee venue. Okay. I, I think we have been west and east. I don't think we've been in, in middle since okay. we began. All right. This is, it's, it's we great. went further uh, to the east okay. when we began uh, in the, uh, where was that, Oak Ridge area. Yes. Initially. So I guess you, I mean, it's kind of borderline whether or not that falls into middle or, or yeah. east because it's right <laughs> there in that in that swath. Three quarters. Yes, exactly. Right, <laughs> right. So... So yes, our first conference here from Middle. That's, okay. That's Cause, yeah, because the way Talia does it, you do two years on the east, two years on the west, two years in the center, and then you're going to rotate through yes. like that. So you're going to be here two years in a row here at the Gaylor Opry Hotel. We are. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're here the day before the conference, yeah. just getting everything set up. But mm. you know, for those that are work on conference committees and work on executive boards for association, I know so much work goes into this time. It and absolutely does. So what, what are you feeling? What's, what are you anticipating? You know, it's, it's so, uh, this is the, you talked earlier before we went, uh, started recording about uh, seeming like it's Christmas Eve, right? Yes. Before the, the day before yes. the big event. Yeah, but for me, it feels more like Black Friday. You know, the, <laughs> the chaos and the hecticness is is still culminating uh, at the last minute before everything really settles in. Yeah. So it's been uh, a lot of planning, and people don't understand how detailed we go into the planning uh, mm -hmm. for for the event. So it's not just determining who the uh, who the speakers will be and what the topics will be and what the location will be. But even from there, we run several uh, simultaneous events within one major event where we've got our breakout sessions. And we do that because we're, we're trying to appeal to not just, yes, we're, we're an analytical association, mm -hmm. but by being post-certified, we want to be able to offer something to the beat cop, the street investigators, the detectives, as well as the, the analysts, because the value in a lot of times in what we do, yes, it's, it's the work itself. But really, uh, my background is intelligence, and I, I argue that your intelligence is only as good as your, your contact list. And so the benefit of this, of being able to bring people from, from all facets of the law enforcement umbrella uh, together for an analytical conference uh, and still be able to have something that's valuable to them, whether they're, they're writing parking tickets or whether they're, they're sitting in a command post somewhere, uh, we're hoping to achieve that, that, that we can, we don't, we understand we can't be all things to all people, mm -hmm. but if we can certainly be, be more than just the, the analytical piece of the law enforcement component, 
will bring people together that, that that networking can really benefit them when they're back out in the field. And certainly, I hope there's less injuries than on a normal Black Friday. Right, see, uh, yes, <laughs> hopefully. Though I don't know, this is such a major complex, you know, people could be fighting their way through the crowd just like, you know, Black well, Friday. Right? It's so large, I think most, it is. there's probably going to be people lost. Than the, when I was checking in, the lady in front of me, she was pausing, she turned around, she's studying the map and she's apologizing. She said, I'm sorry, they gave me a map <laughs> and I, I think I should be afraid. I said, oh, you have no idea. <laughs> it, is, it is a lot. So, yes. So you were responsible for getting some of the speakers here. Mm -hmm. You mentioned yeah. the diversity that you're hoping that you guys plan to have this week. So yeah. what, what kind of speakers, what kind of topics are, are going to be here this week? We have uh, some, uh, again, some of the stuff that we have is geared, yes, toward the analytical uh, aspect, because we always try and dive into the stuff that is either technology related, because the criminals are always one step ahead of us with technology, because they're, they're finding ways to exploit technology and stay hidden. Uh, so we have to always be analytically ahead of that. So uh, being able to bring people in from the technology sector, both on the vendor side of the house, to talk about what types of, of systems and software and programs they have that, that we can use in the field, as well as some success stories uh, and, and sharing, uh, like doing case studies that is, gives us not only some training in the element of whether it's analysis or whether it's the investigative side of the house, mm -hmm. but how they saw those cases through. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we always like to be able to give uh, to the, the folks that attend our conferences something that says, okay, that, that was a good speaker uh, and, it, and it won't, I can't necessarily relate to that topic, but the way they, they did a case study on it sort of thing, I can certainly see how that would apply to me. Um, so we cover that technology piece and case study application uh, as well as uh, uh, the analysis aspect of things like dark web and social media analytics and things like that. We, we're always trying to have something uh, recurring but different because technology changes but criminals are always going to use it. So uh, we're meeting all throughout the year to say what trends and patterns are we seeing in the field and what types of things do we think would be appealing to folks that they can have as a takeaway at the conference? And then it's a matter of, well, who's, okay, that's a great topic. Who's going to be the best person to present that, to communicate it, to convey it? Because it might be a great topic, yeah. but we try and get people that are good at the delivery aspect yes. uh, as well. So, right. so those are some of the things that we, we, we have on the the agenda and the thought processes to okay. how we got there. So this is your second conference as a as a board member. Yes. Is, is find it easier this year, harder this year? You know, I think uh, probably easier this year because of having had the the uh, a little bit more experience mm -hmm. coming into how we're operating and how we're how we're looking at things. And I have presented for years prior to that, prior to being a, a board member. And so I, I, I'm seeing both sides of that table as yeah. well. So I, hopefully that, that comes across to our attendees as being seamless. But the reality is, is again, describing it, whether it's Christmas Eve or whether it's Black <laughs> Friday, there's a lot of moving parts going into it. For somebody that's interested, a member that might be interested in, in being on the board or having a bigger 
volunteer opportunity, what mm -hmm. would your advice be to them? That's a great question. We absolutely encourage that. I stepped up and wanted to be a voting member of the board. I first began as a non-voting, uh, not a board member, but we've got regional, uh, middle, uh, east and west representatives to the, what we call uh, council representatives to the board, mm -hmm. representing their respective geographic area. And that that was a great stepping stone. Uh, it allowed me uh, close, close enough proximity to, to get a pulse for the board and the things that are taking place with uh, preparing for the conferences and, and that sort of thing. So what I would encourage folks is uh, maybe they're not ready to even run for a board or maybe they don't have any experience in being a board member on any association, mm -hmm. but just getting involved as being a rep to your area. You know, it's, it's, there's, you're, you're not voting on the board decisions, you're not carrying the heavy lift going into this, which is a lot of uh, extracurricular collateral responsibilities that many people say, well, I don't have time for, for all that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, well, maybe being a council rep is a perfect stepping stone. But in terms of being on the board, I, I was at the point where I wanted to, having been an analyst for, uh, I've been with ATF since 2005, and my background prior to that was military intelligence. So I wanted to, to have a, a say in what TALIA as an association was, was providing because I, I feel a vested interest into the community, into law enforcement, into what we do, to have that ability to say, well, yeah, the conferences are great, but we could do so much more, we could do this or that. And so to have that voice is, I absolutely encourage people to step up because it gives you that opportunity to, to say, hey, as an analyst, I would like to see this, or if we could, if we could have this type of training, or if we could have this type of speaker, mm -hmm. would really help us in the field. Being on the board gives you that opportunity and that, and that uh, creative control of your own training and your conferences. So I encourage anybody that's, that's got any interest to maybe start as a council representative, but absolutely pursue it. Pursue being on the board because you, you have a, you know, it's kind of like complaining about people that are elected officials, right, and you never <laughs> vote. Yes. Same thing. You can complain about your conferences or, and, and that sort of thing, or you can actually be a part of the process and say, rather than sit back and say, well, I like this, but I didn't like that. Well, I like this, but I didn't like that. I don't know if I'm going to come back to that conference next year. Well, how about you put your money where your mouth is? How about you step up to the plate? And uh, so, yes, if I can encourage people, I, I certainly would, for anybody who says they would like to have some creative input into the speakers and the topics and what would be of value to the law enforcement community, please step up. Well, Best of luck this week, Nick. Thank you so we'll, much. We'll see you tomorrow at the social. We appreciate you. Looking forward to it. And, uh, It'll be it exciting. Be, it's going to be a fun time. should be a very fun time. Thank you Without for your doubt. time, Nick. Appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Thank you. All right. For the record, uh, could you give your name, your uh, occupation, and where you're from? My name is Antoinette. I'm with Louisville Metro Police Department, and I work as a tactical crime intel analyst. So uh, you're coming from Louisville, and it's uh, coming to Tennessee. So what, what brings you here to Tennessee this week? Well, this isn't my agency's or my unit's first time at a Talia conference, but it's my first time. Mm -hmm. um, we've come mainly to just get and gather more information to take back to the unit, helpful resources we can continue to use um, to help with the work that we do and the investigations we assist with daily. Um, and here we can get training and input from different aspects. 
multiple aspects from open source to Excel help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and we need it all. We can uh, use it all. All right. Thank you for that plug there, by the way. <laughs> so, so uh, this is day two. And so what did you think of the first day? The first day was really interesting. Overall, we took on a lot of information I feel like was more for investigative purposes. It probably was more helpful for law enforcement officers. Um, there was a segment led by Lexis, Nexus that helped with analysts um, as far as structuring and how to get set stuff set up during critical incidents. And, you know, just to give us a little idea into how we can start with that so we could take some notes on that. All right, good. And then for the rest of the conference, is there a particular session that you're looking forward to? Technology trends in law enforcement, which I feel like could be related to what we just did with the open source. But tactical, we still use a lot of technology, so I want to make sure that we have the most up-to-date. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of data out there, mm -hmm. and you can go through a lot of different rabbit holes right. at working, as you said, tactical mm -hmm. and running searches on mm -hmm. people, places, and things. And so usually tactical, they need it quick yes. because it's like real time. <laughs> yes. so. All right. Very good, Antoinette. Well, you have a safe trip home. Thank you for the time. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. James, would you give your name, occupation, and where you're from? Sure, my name is James Redfield. I'm an analyst at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. I'm on a sex offender tracking team, and previously I spent 26 years with the Fairfax County Police Department and retired in 2007 as a second lieutenant. Okay, so are you in the Virginia area? I am. Okay. So, so what brings you this week to Nashville, Tennessee? Well, uh, I'm one of the older people in my office, so I'm a little behind as far as skills and uh, in that, uh, in that type of subset, but I, I bring, uh, I think, to the table law enforcement experience, so I thought by coming to a conference of this nature, it would probably expand my, uh, my abilities and, uh, and make myself more valuable to the team. Okay, so is this your first conference with Talia? Yes, it is. Okay. So how did, how did yesterday go? Yesterday was the first day, there were several sessions, that we were all in our group. How do you think yesterday went? I thought it went very well. I always enjoy watching the case studies um, and just seeing, I mean, I, I think yesterday the, some of the uh, analysts were pretty blunt. They're saying this is probably what went wrong, what could have been done in, to improve. And I think um, what I've seen, even after 2001, the inability for agencies to interact and communicate with one another, um, which is supposed to have been one of the things that we're supposed to take care of after 2001, still isn't up to that level that it should be. Okay. Good. And then for the rest of the conference, is there a session that you're looking forward to? Uh, I always enjoy the case studies. Um, I know the FBI agent that did the undercover. That's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. All right, James. Thank you for your time, and you have a safe trip home. Thank you very much. Could you give your name, your title, and where you're from? Uh, my name is Paige, and I am an, an investigator. I'm from Hardeman County. And where is Hardeman County? Hardeman County is in the middle of Whiteville, Tennessee, in the country. All right, <laughs> very good. And then for, we are here at the Talia Conference here in Nashville. So you've been to how many Talia Conferences now? This will be my third this year. All right, so very good. So there's only been five, so you've been to the majority of them then. So we're at the first day here in the conference. Uh, so how does today compare to the conferences from before? Um, this conference is more theatrical in a way of how it actually analyzes the different perspectives of what's happening in everyday now, now lives, rather, in law enforcement. It actually has break th things down into a smaller scale perspective 
so that the average and the newbie um, analysts can now interpret things in a better perspective with gains and also how we are actually now collecting data in 2022. All right, very good. And then what, what was your favorite part of today? Uh, my favorite part would have to be the white supremacist. Uh, that's always my favorite. You can't go wrong with Scott um, and the details and how he actually sometimes, you know, even act out those different scenarios that he was in while being undercover. Yeah, he's pretty engaging and quite a character. Yes, yes. So that's definitely my favorite. All right. And then for the rest of the week, what are you looking forward to? Um, I think I'm looking forward in, more into the um, technology portion as well as the SDG breakdown that we have to look forward to tomorrow and Wednesday. All right. Very good. So you think you'll be back here in Nashville next year? I'll be back. Can't miss. Worth one in a row. All right. Very good, Paige. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thank you. For the record, say your name, occupation, and where you're from. Rich Kilburn. I'm the uh, research manager for the Metro Nashville Police Department. I uh, manage the crime analysis component. I guess I'm from Nashville, but I actually live in Thompson Station just south of Nashville. So it's after day one, so what did you think of day one? Day one was great. Uh, they had uh, some very dynamic speakers, and uh, the perspective I, I got from it all was uh, there are quite a few attendees from across very many spectrums. I mean, you have some crime analysts, uh, you have a lot of intel analysts, and then you have uh, quite a few folks that work at fusion centers or real-time crime centers across the country. Apparently there are 22 states that are represented. So this conference has really grown over the years. I've been to several of them. Actually, this is my third. Uh, and it's kind of changed in its direction, I think, over the years, too, because when it initially started, there was a lot more influence on the crime analysis uh, side of the house. Now it seems like they're leaning more towards the intel analysis, analysis side of the house, uh, which is good. I mean, uh, everyone needs that uh, training, networking, which is the primary function that you get out of all these conferences anyway, is the networking. Uh, yeah, and I'm impressed here. For an analyst conference, I heard that it's about half sworn officer, half civilian. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the thing where you see a lot more of the intel analysts in the, in the sworn side. Uh, but you know, Metro Nashville, we had our, our analysts uh, at the precincts were all sworn. Uh, and then at the central location in the headquarters, uh, we were all civilians. We did have one uh, uh, sworn for a while, some years back, but that kind of changed. <laughs> you all right, Jason? <laughs> no, I'm all, you, you got me all choked up there, apparently. So, so what are you looking forward to for the rest of the week? I need to really dig into the schedule and look at what all the options are. Uh, I think that the main thing, like I said just a little while ago, was uh, the networking, just meeting the people and uh, talking to different folks and seeing what they're doing and how their agencies uh, handle the analyst role. Uh, and that's the biggest thing I always get out of all these conferences. Yeah. yeah. All right, Rich. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your year because I know this is the last one. Retirement's in your future, right? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Very good, Rich. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Jason. 
All right, Lindsay, hey, could you state your name, where you're from, what uh, part of Talia that you represent? So, my name is Lindsay Witter. I am the VP of membership for Talia. I work for the Tennessee Highway Patrol as a criminal intelligence analyst. All right, well, very good. So we're right in the middle of the week here in Nashville, Tennessee, at Opryland Hotel, and it's Tuesday. So we're right in the middle of the conference, and so how, how does it feel now? We're in the middle of the week, and how does it feel as you're part of the planning process for this conference? It's really exciting to see how things have come together. Um, we're almost to the finish line. We've been receiving phenomenal feedback in reference to the venue, the speakers, our night out event. Uh, last night at Wild Horse was a huge hit. Um, it's really become a, a great conference. We're, we're very happy with where we're at right now. Yeah, and I, I, I'm impressed with the mixture of sworn and analysts. When I started um, coming to Talia back in 2015, it was mainly analysts, so we were a very small group, and it is amazing to see how much we've grown and just um, to even expand to the the sworn side of law enforcement and the criminal uh, the correction side has been pretty amazing to to have those different relationships come together. All right, and this is the largest Talia conference to date, correct? That is correct. We had 225 um, individuals registered from 22 states and uh, approximately 90 agencies across the nation. Yeah, I'm really impressed with how many outside of Tennessee come to this conference. Do you know what makes Talia so attractive to outside analysts and officers? A lot of it, we used some different marketing strategies this year, but honestly, I wholeheartedly believe it's Nashville is just such a huge draw. Then what are you looking forward to for the rest of the week? I am looking forward to being able to continue to network with these individuals, catch some uh, great presentations, and then uh, go home and rest. <laughs> all right, and then you get to do it all again next year, right? Because right. Talia's in Opryland, same spot next year, and so you uh, get to do a little bit of a redo, uh, but everything has gone very well. But as I know from talking with people that put on these conferences, there's always a lot that goes behind the curtain wrong, but we outside don't necessarily see it. That's exactly what we are trying to, to do. Um, yeah, we, we've had some hiccups here and there, but what's great is this is our first time at this venue and we're gonna repeat next year here, so we're learning. And uh, so even next year is gonna be even bigger and better than, than this. All right, Lindsay, thank you for your time. Congratulations, this is a great event and good luck next year. Thank you, Jason, really appreciate you. All right, Jerry, we're here in Nashville, Tennessee for the Talia Conference, and you are a staple at this conference. So what makes this conference so special? Um, I think there's a bunch of reasons. David Gordon does a fantastic job bringing people together. There are always interesting presentations. For me, I, th I think a range of presentations are stuff you might want to learn, but also just a range of interesting people who you go, I never knew this, and it's really interesting. So it may not necessarily have every presentation is interesting for people's specific work right now, 
but sometimes it's just good to learn more about the field and just some of the bizarre and weird things that people do in different corners of the state and the country. So it's that nice mix of not just things that are directly relevant, but also um, things that are indirectly just interesting. And they have a really nice social scene here. He, he understands that you know it's not, it's not all work. It's not all work. A little bit of play. I, I find it fascinating. A little bit. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, I find that it's uh, the. I just came out of the IACA conference last week in Chicago, and the attendees there, you know, a lot of analysts. Here, I can just look around and profile a little bit. I'm like, okay, which one's sworn? Which one's analyst? And it's a pretty good mix here. It's a great mix. Plus, you're also getting some people who are much more on the intel side than the crime analyst side. But I, you know, that always feels like an artificial split across the United States. Um, because I always tell people that crime analysis tells you what's going on, criminal intelligence will tell you why. Mm -hmm. And I think you need the two to be working together, and I think they need to spend more time understanding each other's world. So when you get conferences like this that mix both of those things, then it's, a, it's, it's much better for synergy for the business. Okay. And you run your own podcast as well, and so what have you learned by taking on the podcast? Um, what have I learned from taking on the podcast? People are fascinating. People are fascinating, and it's not just the work they do, but it's also their stories. Uh, the Reducing Crime podcast, which is the podcast that I host, um, only comes out once a month, but I try to find interesting people for the listeners. And it's not just people who are at the top of the field, but it's also people who've done interesting things, who've had interesting lives, and can add value to the understanding of the policing and criminal justice crime prevention field generally. And the idea of trying to reduce crime, then certainly, what is our best step forward right now, do you think? Oh, well, I'm, I have a bias towards situational crime prevention. So, you know, all this, these sort of sociologies, long-winded studies that, you know, spend $10 million doing a grant application to find out if you weren't hugged enough as a three-year-old, there's a 0.9% statistically significant chance you'd be robbing a Wawa when you're 30. It's like kind of interesting, but it's got no practical value. You know, I, there are so many things we can't do anything about, not saying that we shouldn't, but and society should do something about this, but I don't think if you're in policing or if you're in crime prevention, you can do a great deal about controlling the poverty level or the unemployment level or improving education. We should do all those things, but within crime prevention and policing, we can't. But we can do something about situational prevention, the actual moment when reducing the opportunities for crime. So on my podcast, when you have academics, they generally tend to be the ones that lean towards the much more practical reducing opportunities, reducing, finding ways to nudge people towards crime prevention, understanding the value of policing or situational crime prevention much more than the kind of long-winded sociology stuff. I don't have anybody on the podcast who does that kind of work. Speaking of academia, I had a situation recently here where I was going to bring some analysts to a university, the University of Illinois at Chicago, and I was... Actually, you've mentioned, you've named them now, is this naming and shaming? Yeah, this is naming and shaming time. So it was interesting because the, the, the department chair was not comfortable with us being there uh, because of racial profiling and, and surveillance and whatnot, and it was really kind of took me back that uh, some analysts wouldn't be allowed on a, on a university campus to talk about what they do and in doing some more research there it seems like there is a bigger movement about 
anti-police criminologists really being critical of the law enforcement analysis profession. So I just wanted to get your take on that as, as you're trying to move forward and come up with the best way to reduce crime. Uh, how do we do that if we're not willing to be in the same room with one another? Well, the post-George Floyd great racial reckoning that's taken place has been kind of fascinating to see. Academia, certainly, especially sociology, criminal justice, has taken a bit of a lurch to, um, to the left, in some cases further than, than others. Uh, and I find it weird and strange because I think there is a there is a sense with people who are really not very grounded in reality that we can sort of abolish police departments, but there isn't, a, there isn't anywhere on earth that's done that. So this seems counterproductive if people's goal really is to improve uh, the criminal justice system, is to improve public, public safety. Excluding the people who are at the front line from learning, from education, seems completely counterproductive. I mean, has any business ever improved if people became more stupid at it? <laughs> so, you know, universities are shooting themselves in the foot, and it, it, it may be great for virtue signaling, but really, you know, universities should, I, I think, a more practical approach is to turn around and say, look, policing's not going anywhere. So why don't we actually, if we really want to improve uh, the criminal justice system, if we really want to make it uh, make, improve the equity, improve the racial um, problems that plague the criminal justice system, this should be the time when academia should be trying to be more relevant, should be trying to be more engaged with all aspects of the criminal justice system, and that includes policing and analysis, which is essentially a, a way to sort of use data and intelligence to actually drive some of those factors. And I, you know, because we've seen a situation where crime has been drastically increasing in a number of places, for example, in Philadelphia, which is where I'm based. We're going to be having the probably the, the highest number on track for the highest number of homicides the city's ever had. Surely we should be trying to improve the criminal justice response because the people who are suffering the most from that have been the black and the brown communities in Philadelphia. So this great racial reckoning that's taken place by excluding uh, essentially one major part of the criminal justice system from the opportunity to learn, from the opportunity to improve, and from the opportunity for universities to help educate and improve that organization seems to be hurting the people. This naive process is, is really designed to, to help the most. So uh, one last question. So recently on my podcast, uh, Debbie Osborne gave me permission to re-release her podcast from 2008-2009. And God, so, I was like nine years old. Yes. And so we, we are calling them the Osborne Tapes. And so I re-released yours this past Wednesday and took a listen to it. And it was fascinating and very relevant, but that made it sad. And the reason it made it sad is because you talked about uh, having a hard time defining intelligence-led policing, uh, the struggle of analysts to influence decision makers, the idea of in the United States you have a separate function of intel analysts to crime analysts, and then the, uh, how politicized law enforcement here is in the United States with sheriffs being unelected officials. And your quote earlier about crime analysts saying 
the what and intelligence analysts on the why that was actually in that as well. So Isn't it, was, it great that nothing's changed in over a decade? <laughs> there we go. Uh, what, a, what a fantastic, it's lovely to be had this gentle reminder what a fantastic influence I've had on the field. Thank you so much for, for this. It's really cheering me up. Uh, great. Yeah. So that's why I thought, oh, this is very relevant and good for my podcast, but very sad for the profession. Yeah, I mean, it shows how it embedded some of these ideas are, and it shows what a challenge some of these ideas are to move forward. And I think we have to start looking at why that's the case. This this gulf between analysts and intelligence people uh, is something that's largely not the case overseas. So why? what is it about here in the United States that makes us different in that regard? But yeah, isn't that great to know I've had zero impact on the field in 14, 13, 14 years. Thanks for that cheery reminder. Cheers, good on you. Just added 13 or 14 years to my life with no value. Marvelous. Thanks, Josh. Well, I am certainly sorry to make you feel sad. So we'll have to go get some cheery drinks. Cheery bastard. We'll have to go get some drinks now. So, But thank you, Jerry, for your time. Safe trip home and you be safe. My pleasure. Cheers, mate. So those are some reactions to the Talia conference. Really great conference, nice mix of sworn and civilian analysts at this conference and a diverse group from over 20 different states attended this conference. Uh, it was the largest one that they've ever had as mentioned and so that is a great turnout for this association. On Monday's uh, sessions, listening to this perspective of the Nashville Christmas Day bombing and hearing the collaboration of all that went on behind the scenes was really fascinating. I'm actually looking forward to having an analyst on the show to talk more details about what all went on from the analyst's perspective. And to hear Scott Payne talk it was fascinating to hear his stories on what he observed in his undercover work. And it was fascinating to just witness a person that has the superpower to talk himself in and out of any particular situation. To watch him uh, work the room at the Wild Horse Saloon was something uh, I was just in awe of as somebody that can be socially challenged from time to time. It was fascinating to see him uh, work a room. So I, for those that have never been to a Talia conference, I highly recommend it. It will be in Nashville again at Opryland Hotel. So if you've never been to the Opryland Hotel in Nashville, this would be a great opportunity to go. So look for those flyers next year and sign up to go to the Talia conference. Thank you for joining me and you be safe.